drop you've been waiting for all week. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you are one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to make your life better. Powering yourself through a workout or a run. We got your back. We're going to be in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free thanks to our sponsor this week, Squarespace. Squarespace. Squarespace brings the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops and consoles. Also, games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I'm joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy that has a hard and fast rule about Christmas decorations. They don't go up before Thanksgiving. Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Oh, my kids are already singing Christmas songs. Like, they're they're trying, Jeff. They are trying it's the most no no (laughs) it is the most wonderful time of the year though because all the games all the this is officially a dlc the too many games edition of the show oh where did it go there it is we got too many games it's officially it's it feels christian does it feel like this year is more too many games than even last year or any other year it just feels like there's more too many games than there has been Yes and no. Yes, because we're in it, but no, if I look back at past years also. <laughs> All right. Well, we got lots to talk about. We're going to be talking about that Jedi Fallen Order. Believe me, we got a, a giant Microsoft press conference and event to talk about. It, it's just, it just there's, it's relentless this end of the year 2019. But good news is we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, oh man, I am so excited because once again, DLC stands for Domicile of Lively Competition because that sounds like a fun house and from fun house as well as so many other places. The amazing Alana Pierce is back with us. Hey, Alana. Hi, you could have gone with downloadable Char Alanazad. I could have. Oh, that would have been just, a lot better. So much easier. <laughs> so much less heavy lifting on my part. Mm-hmm. Less uh, words, more efficient, and it starts with a C, but we made it. But also... Uh, Let's just scrap what, this one. We'll come back next week. What's the point? Yeah, you know? Good idea. Uh, also, not entirely certain I could have pronounced that correctly. Yeah, most people can't. Fittingly, Pokemon, new Pokemon game is out. It's just my name in the middle of Charizard. Yeah. But it's good. Uh, it does really look good. like a disaster when you see the word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's got... You got that SEO, though. You got that sweet SEO. Yeah, search. if anyone can spell it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, we're excited to have you back on the show, and uh, we got lots to talk about. So let's dive right in and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by visiting our subreddit. That is 5x5dlc.reddit.com. It's a good group of people hanging out in that subreddit, so I encourage you to join them. But Alana, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Oh, boy. You know what? I'm going to pick an SJW one. People okay. get, people hate those, uh, which you don't have on the list here. But uh, 
basically don't not announce their new game at the Xbox conference in mm-hmm. London. Uh, it's called Tell Me Why, and it's technically made history with the first transgender protagonist from a major game studio ever. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this is a huge deal for the transgender community who I think suffer with uh, visibility issues or just being the butt of a joke a lot of the time. So uh, awesome for them to do that, basically. Yeah, and there were a bunch of uh, cool announcements at uh, XO19, I guess that's is how that we what we're it? calling it. It just seems weird know. to call it. Yeah. Yeah, I just keep weird. being at Xbox London. <laughs> there you go. Xbox London, much better. Um, and but that was where do not... We put your, where, do we, where do we put a Pokemon name in the middle of that? I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> oh, I could figure... I could, you'd have to let me brainstorm. Bulba <laughs> X London Saw. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was uh, really cool. This is, of course, um, the uh, Don't Nod is the studio that brought us... Um, Life is Strange, the uh, episodic story-based game. And this new game, um, certainly, tell me why, certainly sounds like it is capitalizing or uh, continuing that trend of, uh, you know, narrative-based. It said it said all episodes released. So it's episodic, but they're all coming out at the same time? And I think I'm there are only about that. three episodes to start with. Mm. Uh, it definitely sounds Life is strange Did Did either of you play Remember Me? Um, I think I did. What it was their first game? It's funny because I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, funny. Yeah, that it was a very not. different thing, and I kind of missed that. I wish they'd gone more with the style of Remember Me because I'm not a huge Life is Strange fan. Um, yeah, I don't know that I'll love the gameplay style of Tell Me Why, but basically, it's uh, set in a small town in Alaska, which is my favorite U.S. state. So shout out to that. Nice. Uh, and you play as two 21 year old twins. I think you swap between the two of them. The names are Tyler and Allison Ronan. And they've come together after 10 years of being separated. Um, And as is with Life is Strange and a little with Remember Me, they can wield powers uh, to share thoughts and memories, which is just such a common theme for what Don't Nod likes to make for some reason. And I think the point is you're kind of investigating a mystery from their childhood. Um, So the core mechanic is the bond between them, which sounds cool too. Yeah. And as you said, it's a big deal that it will be a major character, a major video game character that is transgender, um, is the game, I, I, I didn't even actually, I wasn't even aware of that. I, I, I just watched the um, the press conference and the the stream, and I didn't even catch that from uh, what was said. Um, but I, reading about it now, it says um, they worked with Glad to make uh, the character an authentic representation of the trans experience. This is Tyler. Uh, the first transgender playable character from any major studio. That is really cool. Yeah, and also I, voiced I, by a transgender person, which is a huge deal. Yeah. I feel like the entertainment industry screws that up all the time. Um, but I, there are things that I'll criticize Don't Know It For. Like, I feel like Life is Strange, especially season one, was so weird because it's clearly written by a bunch of 30-year-old French dudes pretending to be American teenage girls. <laughs> it's just stuff that you're like... Mm, it's a little bit odd and i feel like they've probably taken that feedback and tried to make it a more authentic experience and i don't know i guess they try to make sure alaska seems alaska-y i don't know how you do that <laughs> yeah they get authentic alaskans to uh, yeah but the the thing, writing, here's the thing we'd be happy to play a game set in france you could do that and i'd be cool with it <laughs> you just never want to do it yeah uh christian um we're always in favor of more inclusion and it it i think this points to video games as a medium continuing to grow and expand and being an art form that is for everyone, right? Yeah, I mean, I, a better representation 
brings more people into gaming, which will make gaming a healthier hobby overall, which will mean more games will get made, which means there'll be more people you can have water cooler conversations about games with at work or at school, and will mean a, a healthier, better industry going forward, I think. I mean, I feel like this is stuff that, that we've said before, but it's good to see um, especially after E3, when um, you know the reports come out about no women fo- featured in games and how many women presented, and it's certainly not something that video games has mastered, right? Like this isn't solved, but it is nice to see progress being made, um, and hopefully it can start coming faster and in, in larger, broader games going forward. Yeah, and I think video games are in a unique position to. Uh, help people understand how other people that are different from them live. Uh, it certainly has been the case that people watch movies and TV shows and read novels and they feel empathy and they feel uh, invested in characters that are different from themselves. And oftentimes entertainment helps move the needle on uh, social norms and, and cultural acceptance of, of lots of different kinds of uh, movements and ideas and people uh, but I think video games have an even bigger opportunity there because when you're asked to make decisions inside a character's experience, or in, you know, I talk about this a lot with um, people ask me about educational games or something. And I always say, you know, every game is educational in a, in a certain way because you're inside the systems of something. And I think that's applicable here too. I mean, it sounds like Tell Me Why is actually going to be dealing with this uh, this character Tyler's transition and childhood and and you know, events that brought him to that transition. And I think if uh, you're inside that experience, you're, you're inside the, what I'll call systems of uh, that thought process, that emotional journey, I think you gain an understanding for it that you probably wouldn't even with a movie or a TV show. It's you're actually making decisions. You're actually proactive. Medical professionals will back you up on that. I uh, wrote an article about that for um, IGN back in the day where basically games, because you are experiencing the thing or influencing the thing, give you better access to empathy. So because you are actually playing the game and you are actually playing as Tyler, uh, I think it gives you a better understanding of something than if you're just watching something. Um, it is supposed to basically unlock more empathy. And I feel like that works a lot for video games. For me, I tend to like... I'll cry over a video game, harder pressed to get me to cry over a movie. And I think it's because I just feel more attached to the characters because I'm influencing the world that I'm seeing them go through. Uh, But one thing that I think is very, very cool about this is that it seems like this game is not pandering. Uh, It's basically just Tyler just happens to be trans. I don't think this is, if you don't care about that layer of his character, I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, so I feel like it's still going to be accessible to absolutely anyone. I know some people for whatever reason have issues with that. I don't, I don't think the game is written in a way that's going to um, be about him being trans. And I know the trans community appreciate that too, from my understanding and that it's not just in your face all the time. He's just a human who also happens to be trans. Uh, it seems like they've just put a lot of care in basically. I was just reading from the uh, Wikipedia. It says the story involves how their childhood situation influenced Tyler's development and effects on their mother. Uh, and, uh, uh, particularly for Tyler as he transitioned to a male since then. Yeah, uh, inter- the director of GLAD said Tyler is a fully realized endearing character whose story is not reduced to simplistic trans tropes. 
Um, Either way, I think it's, as you said, a huge milestone for video games and huge milestone culturally. And I'm interested uh, to see, you know, I I hope this trend continues and we get more different kinds of main characters across all kinds of games, not just, uh, you know, story based games, but but every kind of game. So very, very cool. Is Ellie very soon murdering everything ever? And she's a lesbian. So that's cool too. That's I think right. it's just wild that they're very different games with um, unique protagonists coming out next year. It's so yeah. different. <laughs> right. Ellie's going to be brutal. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes. Uh, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? Oh, man, I'm really torn, Jeff. I'm really torn. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm, well, we'll I, I think xbox london xbox xo xo 19 hugs kisses mm-hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> well done um <laughs> kind of flexing of um their game studios to me i think is the biggest and most important story of the week everything that came out of that that paired with the expansion of project x cloud which so they're all intermingled this is why i'm having a hard time separating it it's like exo 19 showed a bunch of cool games that their game studios are showing i'm doing the million foot up view uh also hugely expanded what was available in project x cloud and then also this same week google stadia gave us details or undetailed wow, you're <laughs> just gonna do all the stories well, so I'm saying, i don't know what the story is here the, well there, maybe maybe there are web five bro. years plus we know we can pick one and we'll, <laughs> we'll get to all of them but, the, but I, I don't know how to set one up because it relates to the others. You see what okay. I'm saying? So how about this? The biggest story of the week this week for me is Xbox Game Studios, Microsoft, game, Xbox, the games that Microsoft of things they've bought making what look like to be awesome games again, starting with Obsidian's, it looks like first exclusive game after their mm-hmm. purchase, after this year's excellent Outer Worlds um, being announced and previewed called Grounded. You where mean, you are, honey, I shrunk the kids. The game where you have been shrunk down and you're surviving in this adorable. That's not adorable. That's that's not selling it right. But this very cool, stylized looking, yeah, shrunk down, honey, um, <laughs> backyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it looks, looks super cute. I, it doesn't look like anything Obsidian has ever made before. That's the most surprising thing to me. Like it's a very cute game, but it's so different. I love the fact that the interview right after they show the trailer, they, you know, in the event, they cut to the interview with the Obsidian representative and he goes, so, uh, we have multiple studio, uh, multiple development teams at <laughs> our studio. We're still working on role-playing games. Uh, yeah, yeah. but you know, we can do other things too, guys. Uh, and I thought that was funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you guys. I, I love the aesthetic on this. I think the, the look and feel, I, at this point, anything that feels a little fresh and inventive and different, it, it gains so many points in my book because we we're you know we're in full on too many games land, and to have something that actually feels like oh a place I haven't been before, I haven't done exactly this. Sure, we may have done it on the big screen a couple of times in the what late eighties, but uh, a video game doing it like this, I mean, I guess the army men games are the closest <laughs> proximity to what video games have tried. But uh, yeah, it's cool. You know, you're shrunk down in a backyard fighting ants and bugs and spiders. Uh, 
I'm down for this. And it is a full on survival game where you're building things, but all the things you're building are out of, you know, uh, uh, blades of grass and a lost button. And, you know, I love that. Which, idea. to be fair, I don't think I've ever lost a button in a yard, but according to movies and video games, all the time. That oh, is just full of buttons. Everywhere. Full Every yard, full of buttons. Spools of yarn. Uh, you Do not it. attempt to mow mm-hmm. your lawn because it'll just be all <laughs> buttons all the time. And they always lack earrings. I think you underestimate how many people lose <laughs> earrings in yards. Where are all of those in my video games? <laughs> That's true. I hope there's at least one earring in Grounded. But I think it looks awesome. To me, I think the the key thing will be while the setting is is appears fairly new and novel i'm hoping that obsidian can bring something new and novel to the survival game aspect because this feels what i feel like they're bringing to it or um um, extrapolating out of the trailer what they talked about is kind of a condensed co-op nature where games like rust which is coming to xbox um soon and those games it's kind of an can often feel like ad hoc co-op adventures where you know you can partner up but that partnership might be tenuous at best or you betray someone you're playing with a real life friend but how that works but it looked to me and maybe i got this wrong but grounded was kind of premised on you know a party of four getting up and and going out and exploring and surviving together and i think that could be interesting yeah i i agree hopefully that will be a big part of it and um you know, you just need that Rick Moranis skin and I'm all in. Um, and if you had showed me the game that was announced from Obsidian and the game that was announced from Rare and you said, which one of these is the Rare game and which one of these is the Obsidian game? I would have been like, well, that Grounded is definitely the Rare game. Uh, but no, it turns out Rare did announce a game at this event and it is called Everwild. And that's about all we know. It looks like it's, it's got far real- out. Yeah. Uh, Grounded some- is 2020. Everwild is. We're excited to announce it. <laughs> yeah, it's a very pretty looking world. Uh, Alana, what did you think of the trailer for Everwild? I mean, it, it really didn't show us much, but evidently it's a, a world of animals and magic. When I was watching this one, I feel like I was watching it probably more intensely than anything else at the conference. I just think it's beautiful. And I also love Rare. They are one of my favorite studios ever. I still play and love Sea of Thieves. Um, so it looks absolutely amazing, but I was like, yeah, but what is it though? <laughs> right. I just want to know what it is. Uh, and also why aren't you making Banjo-Kazooie 3? But that's a separate story. Um, now I'm wondering if it's going to be a Sea of Thieves-like, because I'm sure people criticize Microsoft for this all the time, but they just say Sea of Leaves, maybe? <laughs> nice. See, because uh, of the forest? No, no, I got it. It's, you don't need to explain it. It's fine. <laughs> it makes it better when I explain it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like they have so many, um online co-op based games and i love a good single player experience so with the way that obsidian's new title was announced uh and then this and obviously you know both of state of decays and even the direction that forza horizon is headed and they have so many social experiences uh i would prefer if this was single player but that seems unlikely i guess we'll have to wait and see Kept thinking it was going to be Viva Pinata related, which I was very like, <laughs> mm. I, like a realistic. I don't know. I was like, oh, now they're all going to become pinatas. <laughs> like, I was like, waiting for that. Because I think that, and while I agree, Alana, that a lot of their stuff is this social play together, whatever, even Crackdown 3, um, yeah. you know, part of their pitch for that was, was that idea. Um, I, I think something like Viva Pinata in our today's connected world with like shared gardens and stuff like that could be very interesting. 
Um, but that is does not look like what this game is. No, I get the impression it is online co-op in some capacity and that there's a lot of stealth. Mm. Maybe it's like a No Man's Sky type. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Well, it's I mean, pretty, I, though. I, don't, I only watched the trailer once, but I don't remember there being any... Uh, threat or enemy or bad thing it just looked like this beautiful world of beautiful and look at how beautiful it is which is lovely and nice but i i feel like we don't even know yet what the there's one particular shot of some kind of tiger looking thing in a cave and it's got bright yellow eyes and i remember that distinctly because there are two characters on screen that look like they're stealthing their way up to that thing so i'm assuming there's combat with some of these animals or some kind of threat. Oh, he definitely looked threatening, and they were definitely approaching sense. him stealthily, but again, who knows? We didn't see it. Right. Still very cool to know that Rare is working on a new IP. I, I always love new IP, and it uh, sounds like this one is going to be on the next Xbox when mm-hmm. that arrives, but um, exciting, exciting. Uh, Christian, you also mentioned other things that Microsoft announced, including Project xCloud being pushed out into more things and, and more opportunity to do stuff. Uh, did you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, well, I mean, it, I think the key takeaway was 50 games, right? 50 games from a, a, a breadth of studios, um, including things from EA, that if you look back at um, history, EA can make or break consoles. Um, especially, I think it's interesting, their kind of inclusion on that with EA dabbling in their own um, subscription service, not a cloud service, but with Origin on PC and EA Access on on console, which now just went to PlayStation recently this year as well. But this looks like, you know, an indication that Microsoft and um, uh, Electronic Arts still have a good relationship and are pushing this stuff forward. Because I think as we get into these stream- these cloud computing streaming whatever wars i think the catalog is going to be a big part of it and microsoft for me the intertangled part of these stories is they're flexing their might with their in-house studios and then showing their partnerships um, with outside studios and how they're building on on both fronts games like yakuza coming uh final fantasy being included electronic all the Arts. final fantasies yeah, the final all fantasy the final thing's pretty nuts that's very it's, good value it's huge. It's huge. So it's EA. I'm pretty sure it's Madden is what they showed. Uh, Internet well, I was already yelling at me if I got it wrong. Like three or four Yakuza's, all the fi- all the Final Fantasies. One um, of my favorite parts of the of the uh, stream was when the guy was translating and, they, and the, the guy was listing off all the Final Fantasies and he's like seven and the guy would be like seven. He'd be like eight <laughs> and the translator was like eight and like, nine and the guy was like nine. And yeah, no, we get it. You don't have to. I know it's your job, but we're we're getting it. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's pretty incredible. I've yet to retry it after this announcement because of whenever you're ready, push the button. Which button? The, Too many. Uh, <laughs> I know. I just like to make you suffer. But I'm excited to give it a try. I mean, I talked about my Gears Five experience with it, and this seemed like a shot across the the, the bow of other streaming services. It it was a very impressive um, showing for Project X Cloud. I think. Yeah, I mean, you're, it's 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 hard to make a distinction between X Cloud and Game Pass, right? Because I think that's the it can be a little muddy there right. and well. i think they they kind of want that because <laughs> yeah. yes all of those games came to game pass yakuza and stuff like that i was talking about and then x cloud they were showing the 50 games that are part of that 
And it's this service, right? It's the ideal of games of service and everything that Microsoft is bringing to the table. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty strong showing. I thought the stream lasted longer than it needed to. And it, it felt a little like, okay, we're, we've been here two hours. Really? I'm, yeah. I got stuff to do. Uh, but, but it, you know, they showed a lot of really strong things, got a lot of excitement and you talk about them flexing their internal studios, Christian, they haven't even begun to flex the right. Most of the studios that they announced having acquired over the last two years, we don't even, we don't even know what they're working on. Right. They, they haven't even, they were acquired so recently that the stuff that they're brewing isn't even uh, on the radar yet. So I think I, there's going to be even more of that down the pike. Yeah, I feel like the strategy right now, I could be completely off base and I don't want to disrespect Obsidian in any way, but I feel like Grounded is probably not a, uh, probably didn't take a tremendous amount of time to develop. Um, that's just a guess versus a game like The Outer Worlds. And then Ninja Theory has their uh shooter it's i don't know i played it at e3 and it was a lot of fun but uh they straight up said to me that it didn't take a huge amount of time to make so i feel like what the strategy is and this is totally a guess is to put out games that are a little bit smaller so that we know that they're working on things with these new acquisitions basically they're trying to remind us uh that they got them and they're working on games and then maybe we will get bigger more triple a feeling titles uh further down the line or with the launch of the next generation of consoles potentially yeah just again uh, that title was called bleeding edge by the that's way that's it that's it yeah um yeah it looks like they had a bunch of stations set up at that event as well for people to play bleeding. it was fun i was really bad at it <laughs> yeah it's also just neat. it's just not like anything ninja theory make yeah. uh so i i feel like that's probably a game that they made for fun to do something different. It's still very creative and I think they are a really creative studio, but probably while they're working on something that feels more Ninja Theory. And, and there was that moment in the stream where uh, somebody uh, at Obsidian was like, uh, yeah, we showed Microsoft this grounded idea. We'd already been working on it. And they were like, yeah, yeah, do it. And I felt like Microsoft walked into the doors of all these studios and was like, whatever you have that's close, let's just get it out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we need, to, <laughs> we need inventory is what we need. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but it'll be interesting to see that next tier, as you say, the next wave of games from all those studios when they have a little more runway to work with. Yeah. I think it's a good strategy. For sure. For sure. Um, all right. So Christian, you also teased, uh, this Stadia thing, which I'm sure we're going to be talking about a lot next week because Stadia will be launched. I hope, I, I, I hope I get mine next week. I haven't received it. And it should be, I know they said that some, you know, not all founders are coming on day one, but I hope to, uh, have some hands on with it this week. <laughs> I, I hope did so get mine. Too. Oh, you got yours already. I don't have a code until... The nineteenth to uh, unlock everything. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, everything is a funny word. <laughs> I know it's also like, like saying you got it is weird because really well. it's a controller. Like for the most part, <laughs> yeah. you don't really need anything else to use it. it. Works in Chrome. Yes, I mean that's that's the thing that Christian and I have been banging on since they announced it. Was like the, the messaging is so weird. It, it they should be saying, "Hey, you've already got everything you need to do this," but also you kind of don't already have everything you need because I guess the Chromecast ultras that are out in the wild now don't work with it, all kinds of weird stuff. So let's dive into Google Stadia, even though we will likely be talking about it next week. Although Christian, this is the first thing that I've pre-ordered gaming related that I've been tempted to cancel my pre-order. I'm not going to, but at this point I'm just buying it out of curiosity. 
It's just you're gonna pull a Christian pre-order check and then cancel it before it shows up. Dang! Well, I assumed you were gonna do that too, but you you are definitely more pot committed than I am about this whole concept. So, but at this point, it's just curiosity, right? You just want to see how it how it works. Well, yeah, you can cancel yours, and I can give you my buddy pass when that comes out four months after the thing. It's so weird. It's (laughs) so weird. Let's dive into all this. So, first of all. They unveiled, Google did, uh, their 12-game launch day lineup for Stadia. These games are Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Destiny 2, Just Dance 2020, Kine, Mortal Kombat 11, Red Dead Redemption 2, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider, Samurai Showdown, (laughs) Thumper, and uh, the one exclusive, which is called Guilt. Listen, they're all good games. The excellent games, yeah. All, I mean, just all very good games. Thumpa is probably the least played of the one on that list. Play Thumpa. Thumpa's fantastic. Yeah, all very good. Yes, yes. You can't fault the lineup for quality. That's for sure. There's uh, many other things, though. Yes, the the perhaps freshness of the games, uh, mm. the uh, the newness, the specialness of the games seems a, a little suspect. Um, but these are very very strong games. It, it just seems like if you're an early adopter for this technology, you're probably a pretty intense video game fan like me. And for me, I've played, I mean, other than Just Dance, I, which I have not played, but I've pretty much played all of these. You haven't played Just Dance? Fake gamer. I'm getting breaking news from chat. KC uh, saying they just announced uh, 12 more or 10 more. Breaking news as of we're recording this, as you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, for no kidding. Launch day? They, have, they have a bunch more for uh, following launch day. I have mm. that here in the story. Um, are you talking about – they have oh, never mind. Yeah, it's on, this, this is on The Verge as of we're recording this Sunday night. Google Stadia nearly doubles launch lineup to 22 games on what? eve of debut. Interesting. I feel like they were hustling and then Xbox – and to be clear, you did a good job putting it out. Yes, I was – jumping between game pass and project x cloud as i was talking about all those things i get it uh but yeah they've added a whole bunch more games uh phil harrison tweeted we were a little too conservative in our forecast last week and most importantly our partners did an awesome job getting the last few kinks ironed out through testing here are the the newies attack on titan these final are, battle yeah Go ahead. these are all the ones that they said were going to be out just after launch yeah so, they got them ready so it's uh rage 2 wolfenstein youngblood and Metro Exodus are the three that jump out at me. Final Fantasy, Farming Simulator, Football Manager, Grid, uh, and Trials Rising. Mm. It's all it's the list that's in the story, but those were just like, hey, these are going to be before the end of the year, and I guess they're also going to be on launch day. So they moved them up. <laughs> you know, but it's still the end of the year, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, Borderlands Three, um, I guess, didn't make the list, but Borderlands Three is supposed to be here before the end of the year. NBA 2K20. Um, Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't change the fact that really the only thing that you would need Stadia to play would be guilt. But again, not really the selling point of Stadia is the exclusivity of games, at least not yet. I mean, I do Um, really like the look of guilt. It it for sure reminds me of Little Nightmares. Mm -hmm. Um, If you guys played that, that's what it looks like. It's it's from Tequila Works, but it's uh, you play as, I think, a kid. You go to a school, I believe. But it, it looks really creepy, and I'm guessing there's just like a lot of puzzle solving um, elements. But it's, yeah, if it's anything like Little Nightmares, which is what it looks like, then I'm very on board. I do want to play it. It's not going to sell a whole platform though. 
Yeah. This doesn't sound to me like Google is trying to create a launch day thing. Uh, maybe so. Maybe with this at, and we're adding more games, but uh, this feels like a typical Google, like it's in beta for a long, long time. And we haven't even talked about their, their AMA, which kind of dropped the bomb on a whole bunch of features that aren't baked yet, aren't ready for prime time that will be not there at launch, but will supposedly be coming. Evidently, you'll be tied to your Stadia app on a device for quite a while. It'll be, quote, your central hub for managing settings across all screens. So there really isn't an OS built into Stadia yet. You have to do that through an app on another device. Hmm. Uh, So it requires your phone at launch. Um, Achievements will not be supported at launch, but evidently it will be recording your achievements for later. There's no UI for it. They're there. You just (laughs) don't see them or get them. Or you get them, but you don't see them. Interesting. Uh, You can only get 4K HDR 60 frames per second and 5.1 surround on Chromecast Ultra at launch, but not on a Chromecast Ultra that you already own. It has to be the Chromecast Ultra that comes with Stadia in the Founders Edition because it doesn't support the old Chromecast Ultras, although there isn't a clear, yet, but there isn't a clear distinction as to why that is or in in the packaging. (laughs) Like, you know, it's it's a little weird. Uh, Buddy Pass uh, won't be available, as Christian already indicated. Um, and a lot of the unique multiplayer features like Stream Connect, uh, State Share, which is giving another player control of your game, Crowd Play, which is like jumping into a YouTuber's game. None of that available at launch. What do you make of all this, Alana? The, the launch lineup and the what seems to be, um, you know, not completely baked nature of this launch. I want it and, you know, I'm excited to actually play with it and i'm very curious because i feel like this is the direction that uh video games are headed in um i think that this is the launch of this and obviously of xcloud are both hugely important things for the industry um as far as the way that they're approaching it i feel like it's just not a traditional console launch and i think that that's confusing to everyone but i don't necessarily think it's a problem because it's not like they're marketing it very hard i haven't seen it on tv i'm not seeing any billboards this isn't a thing that they're pushing like it is you know the new xbox or the new playstation um i feel like google's approach to this is just very very different and i don't think that means it's a bad thing it's it's sort of a like if you don't want to don't buy it uh if you are one of the people like the three of us who are very, very curious about it or are very invested in the industry or spend a lot of time working in the industry, then you're going to want to attach yourself to it. But um, I don't I don't feel like people are missing out by not doing it. I'm just excited to see the tech and see what it means and see where everything is headed, basically. And Christian, do we know if when we log on to this thing, we're going to see a menu with uh, those all at $60? I mean, I guess Destiny 2 is the only one we get with our monthly, I think Samurai Showdown was added to that as well. Um, Samurai Showdown. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. You'd think that there would be some variable pricing in some of these, um, as many of them have kind of gone on sale um, since their respective initial launch. And Rage Two was added to Game Pass um, by Microsoft in London, or uh, you know, not by Microsoft, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I am still very, very excited for this, but I do feel like what Google is going for is when the next Xbox and the PlayStation 5 come out, 
I'm hoping they're targeting that. So whenever those come out at $300 to $500, whatever the cost of those consoles are, right? That's when they can do their big real messaging of, yeah, you can go buy the console for $500 or don't. (laughs) You already have it. You know, like I feel like that, and it's just weird that they're doing this launch because it feels like, early access right it's just the 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 phrasing of things and the messaging of it seems very muddied where i feel like microsoft's project x cloud feels very much like a it's a beta and it's a project and it's not real yet and hope you like it and go play with it and google charging for it and then walking back announcements um it, it, it it's very confusing yeah and the and the weird thing to me is that with this particular lineup, again, stellar games, many of them this year, but none of them immediately. None of them are games that are coming out right now. I'm going to play uh, I already. I like virtually all of these games. I already own them or I'm going to play them on something else. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like I, if I already own, I think, every single one of these games. Uh, I have I do too. no need to play them again on a new platform, obviously, except for Guilt, which I totally will play. But aside from that, I'm good. <laughs> I, I well, have that, everything I need. That's why it seems to me like it makes more sense that this should be some sort of service that you get all of these games with Stadia. It, it seems odd that this is, hey, mm-hmm. it's still an a la carte thing for stuff that's old. You know, it seems it seems like you're walking into the the video store and you're looking at all of the releases that came out six months to a year ago and you're going, Oh yeah, yeah. I missed that. Or I missed that. It's really cool that it's, they're available on DVD. Now I can, I can catch up or, you know, the, the Netflix, how Netflix launched, you know, Netflix was basically the home video market or home, whatever digital market. Uh, And then they became original programming. But meanwhile, Microsoft is giving you like day and date of some of the hottest games of the year in their $10 per month smorgasbord. And this is like, oh, we still need to do a la carte. We haven't really announced pricing. These all might be full priced experiences or what you could buy someplace else. Yes, it's awesome that you're saving money on having to buy powerful hardware. But it just seems odd that what they're offering are things that feel a little stale, a little already been there and there's no sense of, Oh, well it's, I'm just saying if it was all of these games, these 12 or 22 games for one price, I'd be like, Hey, that's awesome. That's kind of what Microsoft is doing and it's a direct competitor, but they're not doing that. And that is what still baffles me. So here's my my guess because it's Google is that they don't actually really care about selling the thing. They don't really care how many consumers are interested in the thing. Uh, They're not trying to convince anyone to really get on board. Uh, What they're trying to do is figure out how to get ads into video games. Their whole plan being Google being that that's how they make majority of their revenue is going to be figuring out how to put an ad in a game, put an overlay in a cutscene do something like that uh, so that they can figure out how to monetize that industry. That's that's what I think the whole purpose of this thing is. And that's, I think, why it's being sold to us in a weird way is because it's like, we don't really care about you. We just need some of you, though, so we can figure out how to do this. Hmm. Might sound like a conspiracy theory, but that's how Google does things. Uh, and I, I feel like that's probably the direction they're planning to head in. That's a very interesting theory. Uh, I don't know if I completely agree. I, I mean, it's a little scary and a little, I mean, it does make sense. 
I I feel like more the end game, and maybe it's along the same lines as what you're talking about, but the end game to them seems to me to be the YouTube functionality. This idea of being able to watch a YouTuber or somebody streaming and click one button and then be playing with them or, uh, you know, or, or just click a button and then immediately buy the game that you've just seen played on YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're, there's no delay. There's no barrier between, Oh, I just watched that. That looks interesting. Uh, now I'm in it. Um, and I, I think that would be even more compelling if there was no buy button. It was just, you're already paying for our, you know, our YouTube red, whatever it is, you're already I paying think they for probably our... will head in that direction when you get a trial, maybe you get to play a game for an hour for free by watching an ad or something like that. I think that is yeah. probably where this thing is headed. So all of the marketing being weird to us right now, I don't think they care about that. That said, again, super interested in this because I think it's the direction the industry's headed in. But Google has just dropped projects before, like uh, Google Plus. Google Music kind of disappeared. There's stuff that they've made that they've just been like, nah, we got rid of it. And I'm like, are you going to do that with this as well? <laughs> How do we have any guarantee that what you're doing right now is going to be supported long term for the people who are buying in from the beginning and getting games they've already finished? Well, I guess that's the fear with a weird launch, a, a yeah. launch that feels stilted and uncertain and, and you know, oh, I'm not going to have this. We're not going to have that. You're not going to have that. It's like, well, if this kind of stutters to start <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> but if it, it you know if it has a hiccup set at start do they go oh this didn't really work out on to the next thing fail no it's so fail. weird to have one of the biggest companies in the world and have no guarantee of longevity there's nothing they could just get rid of it and we'd be like well i bought that thing uh, i'm never using it again great yeah although i have to say i am old enough and have been working in this industry long enough to remember when people's that was the everyone's fear with Microsoft getting into the console market True. is uh, they're an American company. They're a, they're a, a PC company. They make their money on operating systems. What do they care about video games? They're, you know, I, I remember people having those same fears. So True. who knows? Yeah. Who knows? <clears throat> All right. Well, let's take a second. Uh, speaking of getting ads and things, let's get an ad in this show. Shall we? <laughs> Got to thank our sponsor, which is, Squarespace. Oh my gosh. Squarespace. Talk about something that has staying power. I've had Squarespace as a sponsor of my stuff for over a decade. And I'm so proud to be able to continue to endorse Squarespace because I recommend it in my spare time to my family. And <laughs> when people uh, ask me, hey, I need to make a website. What do I do? I always say Squarespace, Squarespace. It's the easiest way to do it. Your websites end up looking really great. You don't have to have any kind of skill set, uh, HTML knowledge, any of that stuff. Squarespace has tools that are simple. You just start with one of their great templates that are made by professional designers and you start fiddling around. You just start having fun, dragging stuff around, putting stuff in, making the website look like you want it to be. You can do it yourself because the tools are so simple. You don't need to hire anybody else. You don't need to pour over manuals and, and books to figure it out yourself. And you don't have to spend the kind of money it takes to get a professional to do it. You can do it yourself because we're all going to need a website at, so, at some point or another. You got, you know, you got your work to showcase, you got a, maybe a, a business to promote, whatever it is, a blog, anything. Squarespace can do it. Squarespace has the tools. Even if you want to sell something online, it's just a plug and play little widget that you drop in and adds e-commerce functionality 
to your to your website through Squarespace. It's so simple. There's never anything to patch or upgrade ever. And they have 24-7 award-winning customer support if you run into any problems. They'll give you analytics to help you grow in real time. They've got built-in search engine optimization. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. It's great. Plus, they give you a new way to buy domains. You can choose from over 200 extensions when you name your website. That's pretty awesome. So make it yourself. Don't rely on anybody else. Just realize how simple it is. The best thing you can do is just go over and check out squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. Get yourself that free trial. You don't even, they don't even ask for your credit card up front. Just start fiddling around with it. Make what you want, make something cool. And then when you're ready to launch, use that promo code Jeff sent me, save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Let them know it's been a good, good thing that they've uh, supported this show for as long as they have. That's squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. And that promo code Jeff sent me, J E F F S E N T M E. And you check out for 10% off. All right, it is time to talk about the games that we have been playing. And there are so many games out right now. It just, it feels crazy. Uh, but clearly the biggest new release of the week and one that all three of us have been playing quite a bit of is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It feels like... Quick, quick pen. Pokemon, arguably a bigger release. Uh, mm. just, you've kind of let in like the biggest release of the week. Just for the Pokemon fans out there. I hear you. Please know I own it. I haven't started it yet. I apologize. What's so the fight saying, between the, that Star Wars versus Pokemon as an IP? Oof. Yeah. I was just about to say, uh, as I was saying, the undisputed biggest release of the week, <laughs> Star Wars Jedi The Fallen Order. <laughs> uh, no, I hear you. I'm, I'm not a big Pokemon fan, and, and uh, Christian hasn't been playing it. So clearly, he doesn't I, care about Pokemon. No, I need more time. It's, it's my Thanksgiving week game. It's uh-huh, my Thanksgiving uh-huh. week game. I'm going to spend... it's not as exciting or vital as Star Wars Jedi The Fallen Order, which is the game that all of us have been playing. Even, Al- uh, even Alana, who's... You know, online name is a pokemon really reference a pokemon reference you're right yeah jedalana i think is what her name is i think <laughs> uh, you got what, me. What's, what's your excuse about not having played the pokemans but yet uh honestly i've had too much to play work wise i've had to get through jedi fallen order uh i played through after party a couple of times and i'm also just compiling out a uh, game of the year list, which means a lot of playing through everything that came out to capture footage. Um, and Pokemon didn't make the cut for the game of the year voting. So that's pretty much my excuse. I plan to get there. I'm going home uh, to Australia for Christmas. Very good games to play on that 16 hour flight. So that's mm-hmm. my plan for Pokemon. I never feel like those games are breaking because I've always seen them as like very personal experiences. So I'm, I'm fine with waiting. All right. Basically your excuse is. <laughs> exactly. That's what I said. It's the Too Many Games edition of the <laughs> um, Yes, Christian, uh, with all deference paid to the passionate Pokemon players, uh, I I do think that uh, it feels like Star Wars is everywhere right now between Disney Plus and Mandalorian and uh, the movie, which is a few weeks away, and uh, Jedi's... Oh, God, Jedi's it is soon. Yeah. It's all happening. It's That's the weird no. one is that everyone's forgetting about the movie and we're all like, yeah, but have you played the game though? The movie's <laughs> going to be huge. And we're like, eh, yeah, whatever. We've seen a few of those already. 
It's uh, it's Star Wars. It's everything's coming up. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's all Star Wars. Um, so let's start there and uh, dig into Jedi Fallen Order. Alana, what do you think of it? Uh, I love it. Uh, I wasn't sure because I'm very skeptical when it comes to EA in general at this point. Um, but obviously, Respawn make incredible games. Titanfall 2 is one of my favorite first-person shooters ever. Yeah, um, same. I love Apex. That's my favorite Battle Royale. So they make very good games. And I think I just I just went in with middling expectations. And then after the first hour, I was like, oh, this might be my game of the year. I love this game. Uh, as I've played more... Some of the technical issues have worn on me a tiny bit, but for the most part, I'm absolutely loving it. I love the combat, the sound design, the music's great, the world, the setting, the mystery. Uh, I'm a big fan. I really like it. What uh, are you playing it on? What difficulty? No, what uh, what platform? Console or I'm playing platform. on Xbox One X. Yes, me too. One One X. And Christian, what are you playing on? PC. Everything Ooh. on maxed out. 144 frames. Per second. I love that you have uh, have joined the dark side, so to speak. Uh, how far? No spoilers. How hours are you as everyone into the game? I'm about ten. Yeah, I'm at least that. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I I spent a long, long time trying to kill a uh, a certain uh, um, what's it called? Uh, Enemy. Yes, certainly. <laughs> but it was a uh, oh, man, not angry. Uh, it had a moniker. Did you I guys do that? I, I'm guessing that I I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah it's in the in the pit it's, with the no. It's a fan tough game. Uh, I spent so long doing that. Mm. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, oh. I'm at like I'm at like twelve. Oh, okay. So you're, so we're you're probably all end. around the same spot. Well, I think isn't it like I, fifteen to twenty hours? Yeah, I've heard anywhere from twelve to twenty, depending on how much how many exploring of those st- you do. Stupid, uh, beating your head against the wall you do with the <laughs> yeah. I, what's it? The uh, how long to beat dot com? I think I just looked it up yesterday. It says forty hours if you try to get all the collectibles. But I feel like that website lies constantly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's probably not quite that long. Uh, but I will agree with Alana that it opens so strong. So incredibly strong. I I really like this game. I I really like this game. I think it does so much right. Um, I I think it's probably the best Star Wars single player game since maybe Dark Forces Two. Um, I I think it captures the feel of being a Jedi really cool. I think there are epic one on one lightsaber fights. Um, clearing a room of low level stormtroopers with just deflecting their bolter blast, their bolts back at them feels good every time. Um, the Wookiees look like absolute garbage, just absolute. They do look really bad. I don't even know garbage. how you screwed that up. That, I know hair in video games is hard, but wow, do they look bad. <laughs> they look so nuts. bad. Main character's uh, hair is, uh, is always flopping around though. So I don't know why. Yeah. I guess they spent all their budget, all their uh, graphics budget on making Cameron look hair. right. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I, I yeah, I, I I really like this game a lot. I I really really do. Boy, it sounds it, like there's a big butt coming. There, I don't think it's as essential as God of War, and I don't think it nails a world and universe the way Spider Man did. And and I think that might be Star Wars's problem more than anything else. In that it's this it's it's a canon game telling a story that exists in the current, you know, Star Wars story. But as I play it, I can't get out of my head enough to be like, 
where were these badass stormtroopers when Luke didn't know how to fight? Mm. <laughs> like, like what, what happened to all this stuff? Like, where are the Inquisitors? And I know like Rebels and whatever, but like, so that kind of stuff pulls me out of it from time to time. Yeah. And then from a level design perspective, I have found that almost every time I go back to a planet, it's less delightful than my first time there, which sure. is opposite for me in a typical Metroidvania where re-exploring, like I feel like exploring doesn't provide real rewards. Like, ooh, I have a new poncho. Dope. But like, there's not a real incentive to do a lot of it. Just a lot of and chests. So, a lot of chests and and, <laughs> and not, a, a re, whereas like in Metroidvanias, there's like real reward in the exploration. Um, and I feel like this hasn't quite nailed that. So You know I what hate the problem is? The map is garbage. The map is rubbish. I like that's what they a- tried to do stylistically with the map and how they explain it, but I really don't like using it. <laughs> it's completely unhelpful. Also, it is, it is. They needed four separate segments to be like, make sure you use the map correctly because we don't really know how it works. Yeah, because when you get back to a, a planet, they're like, yeah, um, g- go, go. <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool. Where do I go? Oh, here's the, here's your target in this blank space over here oh yeah. sweet how do i get there yeah, it's a roundabout way you'll figure really? it out yeah uh, i just- feel like that is built to reward exploration right which would be very cool and rewarding if it did so i feel like that's where it falters like it it kind of does one thing but doesn't do it fully realized in a way that that makes that feel rewarding when you get lost but like to your you know jeff something that you like talking about like you find a place you're like this was purpose built for me and i found it and and here it is and this is incredible and i feel like it doesn't deliver in those areas but i mean the the lightsaber feel the force powers mm-hmm. the the when star star wars music comes up at just the right time and a tie fighter screams overhead like this game is really good i also really so like cal i like him as a character uh, I like the relationships with the other characters. There's, there's a lot of the stuff about it. The other characters are so good. Yeah, and I'm trying to just be very vague, but there's a lot of stuff. I really love the droid. Uh, just yes. so cute. I want one. Um, yes. Yeah, it's it's really charming and it's fun to play. It just has technical hip- hiccups, and you're right that the map is atrocious. And also, a little bit obnoxious in its Metroidvania-isms, in that you're like, oh, I'll get a thing that'll let me interact with that later. And it's yeah. just so obvious what it's going to... Oh, you're like, oh, I can't wall run yet? Oh, I'll find yeah. that out. Look at the way that's designed. <laughs> it's just yeah, too obvious ball, what you're going to get. Ball on a ramp with clearly a ball hole at the bottom of the ramp. But you can't yeah. push the ball yet. If only there was a Jedi power that let us push things. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm being snarky. I love this game. I'm, I love it. I'm having so much fun. It really... If they just had a better map, I think this game would be, you know, nearly flawless. That's not true. It has flaws, but that is the biggest for me. The most egregious flaw is is the map. And I don't know about you guys, but when I'm playing a video game, one of the clues that I use to know that I'm going the correct direction is if there's an enemy there. Mm, oh, yeah. there's an enemy. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay, now I know I'm going the right way. Not in this game. Can't mm-hmm. do that in this game because every time every time you save the game, you have the option of refreshing your health and if you do that all the enemies respawn they're also kind of everywhere and often for no reason so sometimes it's just an empty room and there's an enemy in there it doesn't give you a lot of indication of where you're headed and it's funny two games this year that i've really liked but hated the maps i feel the same way about control mm, uh i really didn't like well, the I'll map go to bat control. for control's map oh it's I'll, incredible I'll, I'll, but 
basically the issue I was having was playing on PC and on Xbox One. I tried actually I tried PS4 as well. Uh, sometimes you would pull up the map and then it would take 10 seconds to actually load anything in. So I would have to sit there and wait for the map to show up. And I ended up just <laughs> instead using the the uh, signage in game, which changed that all for me yeah. because I wasn't doing it originally. But it drove me nuts at first. And it's such a bummer, especially when like other games that came out this year that I love, my top four right now would be Control, Sekiro, Resident Evil 2, and Jedi Fallen Order. Sekiro didn't even bother with a map. <laughs> like, nah, right, right. you'll figure it out. Direction's really clear. There are sometimes branching parts, but you know where to go. And then the Resident Evil 2 Exquisite map is With level awesome. design. Yeah, yeah, very good level design. So it's just, these are all really good games in a, in a year that doesn't feel like a, um, doesn't really feel like a triple A year in a weird way. Hmm. It's just something strange about the, the way that uh, games have come out this year. Uh, but yeah just very different approaches to maps for sure i feel like it's the year of the map in conversation (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I mean i think the 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 decision there's an a lot of interesting dna in this game that i like i mean there's some prince of persia dna which i love and man can we please get that franchise back i love the prince of persia franchise and i even love what people consider to be the missteps in that franchise i think it is one of the most underrated franchises frankly it is uh it's just pure traversal exploration and platforming in a 3d environment it's fantastic and this game borrows a lot of ideas from that game and i had a great time leaping around wall running you know figuring out how to get from place to place is a puzzle in and of itself in this game and i enjoy that very very much and it's not the kind of puzzle that you find in a lara croft or a uh um, Nathan Drake game. Those are different kinds of traversal puzzles. These are more, more, more platformy than that, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it has DNA of a little bit of Dark Souls. You know that we, a lot been, of it. Yeah, not really, not really. I, I think I it, think, it, it, I think it, it teases at it. It teases at it. It doesn't really do it. I it, heard that it did, and they dialed it back. So that, that it would make was sense. more Dark Souls, and the essence you're seeing there isn't that they like tried to put a tiny bit in, it's that they decided they put too much in and dialed it back. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I do think this is a much more mass appeal, mass market game, and going a little too far in that direction may have been problematic for them. I think that's an EA thing. I don't... Yeah. Like, what, that, that's why they didn't make that What difficulty are you? regular z's i'm also playing on regular z's but i'm planning to probably for like gameplay or streaming purposes uh i'm gonna try some of the harder fights on hard just for fun yeah i want to go back and do that i think it's four steps i think i'm like the up like jedi they're all jedi i think i'm one up and it 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 has a lot of maybe sekiro's a better than souls but it it it's a lot of that combat, right? Where it's stamina based, um, not stance per se, but like, yes, you can hack a, a enemy down, but it will take you a lot longer. But if you block and parry and get that timing right and kind of play the stamina system, you can take them down very quickly. I feel like where this game kind of in those harder difficulties where it shifts from being like a Sekiro style game is that it will still run five stormtroopers at you. And the camera doesn't quite know how to respect, in my opinion, those more difficult fights and, and harder difficulties mm-hmm. where I'm having it, it's faster than even Sekiro, which I think is um, from software's fastest game, um, except for maybe parts of Bloodborne, where you're trying I'm trying to track multiple enemies and I'll lose one for whatever reason. 
and they can come in and do some punishing damage. And also, I've had times where I am blocking an enemy and like the kind of block, like ah, pushback pushes me off terrain. Mm-hmm. Like, no, <laughs> you can't do that. I have also when had have some f- platforming instances where I'll fall. Like one of the ones where you're trying to run, jump and grab a rope and then you keep swinging, you keep jumping mm-hmm. and sometimes he just won't grab it. And I'm convinced yeah. <laughs> it's not my fault. He just doesn't grab the rope. I'm like, well, okay. But at least the, the respawns as far as that nice respawn unintentional reference. Uh, the, the the respawn time is really, really slow. Uh, sorry, fast. It's it's super fast for platforming. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's forgiving. It just chinks a chunk off your health and puts yeah. you right back where you tried the jump, which is yeah. very, very appreciated. Um, but Christian, I would say talk- like that, that, that combat and then the meditation enemies will respawn. Um, and then also w- when you are killed by an enemy, going back and attacking them gives you your health and your experience back. To me, those but feel- just hitting them once. Right. Yeah. But those are three hallmarks of from software games that have been made a little more mass uh, mainstream, but I feel like it's very clear where their inspiration was coming. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It has that DNA, but it is much more forgiving than those games. Uh, it's sort of, um, you know, it's, it's a little training wheelsy. I, I don't mean that in a pejorative sense. Uh, I just don't feel like it's, you know, maybe they did go full bore on it at one point and pulled back, whatever the case, it, it doesn't feel like they went all the way with there. And, and the game has other influences, I think, are fighting that style as well. Uh, talking about the um, the combat system as you were, Christian, I when I play games, third-person action games like this, Horizon Zero Dawn comes to mind, any of these games, I am Mr. Dive Roll. I'm, I like I. There's always a parry and a dive out of the way. I almost never use my parry. I'm almost always Mr. Dive Roll. I will smack, smack, dive roll, smack, smack, dive roll, dive roll, dive roll, dive roll, smack, smack. That's, Did you play that Sekiro? Is, uh, no. Yeah, this whole wouldn't work out for you. I tried. Right. <laughs> right. Well, it doesn't work out for you here either. Yeah. This is clearly a game that decides that they want you to parry, uh, and I found that a little bit disappointing. Um, the dive roll is slow and um it, it leaves you open for attack and it's so it's necessary I be- when an enemy flashes red and that's yeah, why that's it's it. there that's, <laughs> it. Yeah. that's the only reason it is there yeah that um, uh, is one thing the enemies flashing red again also i think happens in Sekiro as well like unblockable attacks um i found it fun actually to learn they have more than one so i feel like often in Sekiro, there's one unblockable attack sometimes they'll have two in this game as I'm fighting something, I feel like I'm learning more about its moves. And they generally, every bigger enemy has maybe like five to six uh, attack animations, which makes every new encounter feel really fun to me. And I feel like most of them, they'll do two. So the Stormtroop is not so much. It's a lot of getting shocked or just being shot at, but a lot of the wildlife, um, the uh, combat for the one-on-one combat for them is actually really interesting, I think. Hmm. Yeah. I haven't finished the game either, um, and so I may say something that's not accurate, but I, I appreciate the fact that they stuck to their guns and didn't give you a ranged attack because it's so many of these Jedi games in the past over the you know 20 years that we've had of Star Wars video games rely on being able to throw your lightsaber or giving you lightning or some other ranged attack. And this game is like, no, this, we're a melee game. you got to figure it out. Um, and I think that's kind of rad, and I, I give them props for that. Um, which is so different to the two other games this generation as well just exactly yeah. incredible good stuff it, thank it, it's you a, call of duty for not working out for them 
<laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, it's a real. I think it's a really, really great game. I have said many times on the show how few games I play for the story, for the story as written. And I think we're getting more and more games now that the story is well told enough and uh, cinematic enough that I, you know, Star- uh, Spider-Man comes to mind, God of War comes to mind as games where I'm actually really interested in the story and not just the story I'm telling, the story I'm making. Uh, and this game is that. I, I really like the acting. I really like the the presentation of the story. And the game does a lot of really wonderful small things that are, are cool touches. Um, things you get to do in star Wars. It's like, oh, I've never done that. You know, um, there's a moment, the first time you go inside and, and add at the, there's a thing inside that. Ad-at. I totally flipped out seeing that thing inside an ad. I was like, what? There's one in here. <laughs> and, uh, the first time you take down an ATST, it falls to the ground and then the pilot gets out and he's like, oh, I'll fight you. <laughs> I just little bits, little touches like that. I find so satisfying and cool. Um, Finally, EA is making use of that license. Yeah. I mean, this is what I wanted the battlefront single player to feel like, you know, it, I will it, tell you what, nothing lets you know how beautiful uh dice's engine is frostbite but also how difficult it must be to build a game around because those luke lightsaber levels on battlefront 2 are so atrocious and then they've made wookies look good and now this game the combat and the lightsaber battle is exquisite but wookies don't look good (laughs) they they both are really pretty games though i mean battlefront 2 is gorgeous and obviously I don't think we were ever going to get as much of a single player campaign out of that because Battlefront has always been a multiplayer thing. Like that's clearly where their resources were, and I get it. But um, that, I, I feel like that means they're covering both markets. Uh, I think it's a little bit hard to get a game in Battlefront Two right now. Like there aren't that many people playing it. Um, obviously had that super rocky launch, but it's a good multiplayer experience. This is a great single player experience. So that's cool. Yeah, we'll take it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I. I find this game very, very good. I'm very frustrated about getting around. As you were talking, Christian, the um, the Metroidvania-ness of it, it doesn't feel like a Metroidvania. It just feels like, oh, I have to go back here and They made it hard instead around. of making it fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I think gross. it's more confusing. It's, it's, yeah. just, it's just, it just feels um, purposeless and, and uh, you, you feel, I feel lost and the map doesn't help me be unlost. I just have to wander around until it, did I go here? I did go here. I know there's oh, there's a bunch of enemies, but I respawned all those enemies. So I don't know if those are the those are new enemies or no. I think those. Are, and also, I get to the point at, at a certain point. All right, two big things I want to talk about. First of all, is I want to get you guys feelings about the respawn system and and the the tension that they're trying to create in your health because here is a game where your health does not come back to you you do have the ability to summon uh, a health stim recharge from your droid although my god is that slow to happen yeah. um but so you have the ability to you know take a potion for all intents and purposes in the course of a battle and you can get more of those over the course of the game but those are a finite resource and those both, both your health and those recharges of your health are only given back to you if you choose to rest at a meditation point. 
resting at a meditation point also respawns all the enemies on the level. There doesn't seem they I feel like they did not create the tension that they set out to create because there's no alternative to resting for me to get my health or health stims back. Die. Right? There's what? Yeah. Die. Die. Right. Yeah. But 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 there's no there's no strategy to I have almost zero health. I just got to a meditation point, but I don't want to respawn these enemies. There's, there's no, there's no universe in which you don't respawn the enemies. You go, I have to get my health back. There's no game to be played. I just die. I'd, I'd, I'd never get my health back. So seldomly, unless I'm like right at the edge of a boss fight, and I know I'm not going to backtrack because it feels like the end of the level. You're proving my point. That's not the tension they wanted to create. They did not want you to intentionally die. So that you'll then load at that. By the way, loading at the thing also respawns all the enemies. So it's you didn't I don't accomplish. Think it, does. It. it absolutely does. All the enemies on the map. I don't think it does. It absolutely does. If you die and respawn at the at the at the meditation point, it respawns all the enemies in the in the map. Yes. Uh, I'll have to pay attention to that. I feel like it doesn't, but I could be very well be wrong. Maybe I just don't die, bro. I'm just Regardless, even if you're right on this point, it. The central tension, I believe, in that decision is I think they're trying to create a situation where you have to make a decision there where you go, hey, I want to I want to keep going and not have to respawn all these enemies. But I don't feel like they succeeded because there's never a moment where that's the right decision. Right. Alana, am I right about this? Uh, I mean, I can only, I played so much Sekiro this year that I have trouble just not relating it to Sekiro and thus it feels like a thing that I'm used to. Um, so I, I feel like I don't have a strong opinion on, on that either way. Um, yeah, I've made active choices to die a few times. Like I'm almost using that as a strategy in itself. Uh, for the most part though, I actually spend time running away from enemies where I can. So that's maybe a thing you're not doing, but if I don't want to fight something, I will just run. And not engage if I can avoid it when I need to. I just, it seems to me that the the central decision of that mechanic should be push your luck. You can get all your health back, but all the enemies come back too. Well, I don't want all the enemies to come back. So I'm going to try to see how far I can go on zero, on, on less health. But that's never the right decision. That's never a beneficial decision because having the enemies back is never going to be successful if you have no health. There's no way to get your health back in just fighting on. You ha- you you have to do it. it. It just seems like it was a missed opportunity to me. Maybe I'm beating a dead horse. There's another but- another really odd. This is like a, such a minor nitpick. And to be clear, everyone listening, it seems like we all like the game. It's just when you Very really like so. something, Very you much. always want to point out the tiny things that bothered you. So this is yes, like well super said. nitpicky. Uh, I find it really strange that in order to get your force meter back up, you have to kill things. That's so 100%. It's so anti-force. That's just mm. not at all what the force is about. It's such an odd thing to do. And I, I, I just, it's so at odds with Star Wars that I find it that every time I have to do it and like I have to kill something to get this religious monk-like ability back. That's weird. <laughs> and not, not as a dark side. You're not. Right. Yeah. And I understand it as a gameplay mechanic. It's very Doom 2016 and mm-hmm. it's to pull you into a fight instead of having you run away from a fight. But yes, it's it's the because it's Star Wars, like what it's tied to 
it feels weird. If this was a Souls game, a From Software game, and it was like to get magic back, go kill a thing. Yes, totally of course that's what I do. Yeah, everything's violent and dour and, and and oppressive. But at Star Wars, it's like I can meditate and get my life back, or I can go kill some expletive mm-hmm. to get my force back. It, it seems at odds. Such a minor nitpick because it works for the gameplay, but it's just so it's just so weird. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what my other point was going to be. I was going to make a second point, and I can't remember what it was. But um, you're right. It is it is clearly a a game that we're all enjoying very very much. I think it's 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 a home run for feeling like Star Wars to me, and and that's a big deal. Um, you know, it, it is not it it doesn't feel as finely tuned as something like God of War did to me, uh, no. where I felt like I was completely in control and all of the tough fights in that game I wanted to do because I felt like, Oh, it is a hundred percent on me when I fail. And I just, I just have to get better. And I know a lot of people talk about the souls games and Sekiro like that as well. Um, th- this game doesn't quite feel like that. It doesn't feel as tight as that. Uh, but it certainly feels like star Wars. The, the, there's a, a cool, uh, you know, seeing swamp adats and and you know all kinds of cool stuff they've added to the world that just feels awesome. Um, the spirit of Star neat- Wars is definitely there in a way yeah. that like this might be controversial, but I feel like even the newer movies haven't had quite as much. Like I didn't feel like Solo felt that much like the spirit of Star Wars. I didn't feel like the Last Jedi did that much either. So this is like also just a nostalgia thing, and I'd be very curious to see what someone who is not engrossed in Star Wars would think of this game and if they would still like it. I yeah. think they probably would, but I'm not positive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly get way more joy out of customizing my lightsaber hilt than a, mm-hmm. a person should, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, but it's pretty fun. Yeah. I, I'm vaguely here because no spoilers. And I think it was just a glitch or maybe I cut the map in a weird way. I had a moment where I got back to my ship and characters were talking about something that happened and like it seemed weighty and i had no clue no <laughs> like i i pieced it together but it was like i'm making this up but it was like it's your fault the balloon popped and your kid loves that balloon and they were like yeah what do you think and i was like yeah those balloons we're we're going to get through it and i i i don't i have no clue it was like weird. payoff or something and i missed the setup really weird uh, yeah i don't know and what that would be i can tell you yeah and when I can spoil it, when we're done, I can tell you if anyone wants to know, you can, I, I'm happy to share the specifics. I just don't want to give a specific plot detail. Are you sure you didn't, uh, uh, you know, lose consciousness at some point while you're playing? <laughs> I mean, I, I might've just gone into the zone and I killed a lot of things. So I had a lot mm-hmm. of force power in the moment in yeah. real life. So he yeah. goes into a fugue state when he's playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's not the only thing that we have been playing. There are too many games, but let's talk about more of them. Uh, Alana, you mentioned you were also playing After Party. Um, yeah. A lot of people are talking about that game lately. Well, full disclosure, I'm in the game, so take this with Ooh. a grain of salt, all my opinion. Uh, but You it, hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the newest game from Night School Studio who made Oxenfree, which I adored. After Party is beautiful, really cool sound design, uh, but I wasn't convinced uh, initially because I was like, okay, basically the premise is that you have to outdrink Satan to get out of hell, which seems very silly and very jokey. And uh, I actually just don't play that many comedy-based games for the most part. Uh, I feel like I get my comedy through other mediums. And so I wasn't fully sold on that, but the story does end up getting actually very existential and deep and gets into your relationships. Um, it's a little bit devastating uh, 
but I really like the writing and I'm now on my second playthrough because the choices are pretty different in the game evolves the more that you play it. Um, and it's only like maybe five hours. So in the month of too many games, it doesn't seem like uh, too much of a struggle to get through two playthroughs of After Party. But basically, if you like any kind of interactive novel, um, it's yeah, it's really well written, likable characters, a lot of relatable stuff going on. So I definitely recommend it. Well, if you're in it, there's definitely likable characters. Again, bias, am in it. <laughs> so <laughs> awesome. take all of that opinion with a grain of salt. Very cool. And that's well, after it has party. Some frame rate issues and stuff. So that's also a thing. But it is a little indie game, so I'm willing to give it a pause for that. And you you mentioned already your your list of uh, of games of the year. Uh, are there any other games that sort of didn't make? They're on the bubble for you that didn't quite make the list. I'm trying to think of. Uh, I mean, I really like the Modern Warfare campaign. Actually, um, mm. I thought that was awesome. Uh, Out of Wilds. Uh, I really like and highly recommend that people try, but I, I think a lot of people give up because they don't like the um, spaceship mechanics. Again, Outer Wilds and Outer Worlds are different things. I feel like my accent makes that slightly confusing. <laughs> Outer Wilds, <laughs> Outer Worlds, two different games, both great, but very different. Um, what else came out this year? I feel like it's been a long year and I'm almost forgetting. It's, it's Sekiro, I yeah. just keep going back to. Yeah. Uh, all the Nintendo stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, Resident I Evil 2 Remake, I haven't played Luigi's Mortal Mansion Kombat yet. 11. Mm. Um, so much good stuff. RE2 Remake uh, is definitely Apex, in my top five. Apex Legends yep. is this year. Also amazing. It's Yeah, it's been a busy year. It has, and I agree with you that it, it, it maybe didn't feel like a, quote, AAA year just because there wasn't that, you know, that Titanic... God of War Spider-Man combo we had yeah. last year. Red, Res- you know, Red, Red Dead, Dead Redemption. Yeah. yeah. That that feels like Cyberpunk was going to be that, and then it wasn't that. You know, wasn't, yeah. Wasn't that. And Last of Us, I think we expected both yeah. of those this year, but uh, next year is going to be a hell of a year. Um, yeah, we'll have Ghost sure of Tsushima go. next year as well, in theory. So, yeah, which Should I think will be a launch title for PS5, maybe. And Halo Infinite. Oh man! Yeah. Oh That's what man! They say that's what they say we're gonna need a bigger bumper sure. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to harmonize on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like I mean. The last year of a generation of consoles usually is pretty good, but it's because they put all of those games on the next console as well. Like, I think Ghost of Tsushima will be on PS4, but it'll probably also just be on PS5. Like, that's what they did with The Last of Us last generation, with GTA V last generation. I feel like we're just going to get a lot of huge hits that they want to sell twice. And I yeah, will probably sure buy them twice. Last of Us will be both of that as well. Yep. Uh, Christian Spicer, you have been playing a, a major franchise that a traditionally is in that game of the year conversation and lots, lots of buzz I feel like need for speed is doing that this time around. Am I wrong? Yeah, it, uh, so I need to apologize. I have death stranding. I have not started it. I want to sit down and like feast on it, you know, like when I have time, um, and then star Wars felt more pressing Pokemon I'm pushing for next week or whenever that is. Um, and need for speed heat. I got that, um, via game fly. And I was like, this is a game I can just pop in and play for a little bit and then like just push it to the side if I feel like it when Star Wars and or Pokemon are out. Um, Need for Speed is a franchise that is, I, I love it. Um, it has been troubled the the past few years with Run and um, I think, I forget. my The last one I loved that I put a lot of time into was the one, man, naming conventions are hard. It was the one that like the PS4, Xbox One launch Need for Speed, whatever. I think that might have just been called Need for Speed. 
but probably because how anyone remember that yep. <laughs> six years ago was the last time you liked a need for speed I, no i'm in said? the same boat and i used to love those games that's the last one i liked. yeah the last time i put a bunch of time in and, and i think they've skipped a year or two also because of things and this game was kind of stealth announced and then released so this is need for speed heat um it has like the neon soaked miami kind of theme going to it the driving is i think very fun it, it it does what need for speed does really well or can do need for speeds have been very different um, here, I, got, I got your list right here okay ready the uh, chat is saying rivals i didn't like rivals so, so maybe it's not that i might be thinking wrong uh starting in 2010 hot pursuit okay. the run most wanted which was very good rivals no limits and then just need for speed 2015 <laughs> Which okay, I think because it was because the one. movie came out. Is that why? I think maybe. I have no idea. And then no game in 2016. Payback. Oh, bad. And now Heat. Okay. So yeah, there was no game, a bad game, and now Heat. And Heat, I think, is a return to form for the franchise where it does, um, and Need for Speed's driving has been kind of all over the place, but I think it's it's best type of driving where it's a little more arcadey than than Forza Horizon, but not you know, full on outrun, I uh, outruns the wrong example, um, Ridge racer level of arcadey driftiness. And it kind of, it, it fills a space that I think is, is missing currently in, in driving games when need for speed isn't there and doing well. Um, it looks good. I'm playing it on Xbox. It looks good. Uh, I have it on PC as well because I did Jedi fallen order through origins premiere. I signed mm-hmm. up for a month of that to get my star Wars on. Um, it looks really pretty on PC. Um, the thing that I find the most interesting about this game is its plot. And they are trying, you two, they are trying with this game and its plot. And the performances, the voice acting, I think has done really well. But I, I'm not sure if I don't care or if I need to know where this game ends. So here's how it opens. Minor Need for Speed Heat. Plot spoilers for you. It opens... There's street racing happening in the city because you're going to get to become first place. Your your crew, cops are after you. Oh my goodness, it's getting intense. One person bails from your crew. They they banded. They're out of there. They can't handle the heat. Everyone <laughs> else keeps going because they're going to get it. They are going to get it. Then the cops are closing. And I think on you, right? It's not you, but like it's pitched that this is maybe your character. And your leader's like, come on, you can do it. And they go. And then a cop gets you and they're chasing. You're going to meet back at HQ. And then a cop takes you and it hits you and you go spinning out of control and you you're on a bridge and you smash against a wall and it goes black and you're like oh dang this this game opens with me dying this, okay so I'm gonna be, this is interesting then it comes back up you see your car's teetering on the edge of this bridge and then the car falls over and splashes into the water you're like oh okay i did die no you pan down you're still there okay you're still there cool this cop comes over this young cop and you've already met a jerk cop that's like not in my city and this young cop who's a jerk also is like comes over and goes you just wasted a totally good car <laughs> and you're like you're like what what he's like ah you're you should have been in that car it should have been you that died not the car that died and then the jerk old cop pulls up and is like he can still die and they're like yeah let's kill this guy and you're like what the heck they're just gonna kill this they're gonna kill this kid and then they're gonna kill him right they're like it's not too late to kill him and then he goes yeah he wrecked that car and the old cop goes you wrecked the car too the car being wrecked is on your fault too, young cop. And you're like, true, let's kill this kid. And they're going to kill the kid. And then this woman cop pulls up on a motorcycle and is like, stop, cameras. And the old cop's like, good point. Pulls out a lap- laptop, 
turns off the cameras and is like, now we can kill him. Because no one's ever going to watch that video feed and be like, well, they said they were going to kill him. They threatened to kill him. And then they turned off the cameras. I'm sure he's fine. Right? So they stop. Then the woman cop gets in front and she's like, but also don't kill him because to send a message, you need a messenger. Let this kid be the messenger. And the old cop's like, deal. And the old cop's like, get out of town. And on your way out, tell everyone that there's no street racing in my city, <laughs> punk. And then you get to and then you get to pick your character. Like that's not you at all. A, a cool, I guess. Then you pick your character. Don't not full creation here. You pick your character, you roll up into town, and then you go to this garage and you walk in, and the guy's like, Hey, you're here for like the big racing we do? And you're like, Yeah. I, that's why I'm in this city. And they're like, cool. And he's like, yeah, I also need to buy a car. And the guy's like, well, I got a car, buy a car. So you're a character that shows up to the city with the purpose of racing in this big tournament. Yet you have no car. You okay. show up totally unprepared mm-hmm. and unequipped. So then, so then you buy a car and he's like, now you got a car. You got to go earn some money so you can fix it up. And the guy's like, yeah, I could use some money. Guy who shows up to town to race in this big race with no car, buys car, now is in dire need of money. To fix up car. Like, I, I, I just, and then jerk cops show up again. And then the racing is very fun, <laughs> but I just don't get it. All of that I, seems I very unnecessary. Yes. No, yes. wait a minute. You're telling me that a racing video game <laughs> has a bad story. But it doesn't, yes, but also beautiful performances in this bad wow. story. Or like the, their brothers and sisters, and like there's a whole, Family dynamic in this, but also give me a story. Just why is it this story? Like I think a story could make a great racing game. Like, yeah, you're here. There's a festival. Win some races, and I'm like, great. That's all I need. I'm good. I don't need anything. Cars go fast. Get in them. Drive them. Yeah, great. And literally, it's hey, I direct this festival. I'm Sarah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want you to get all the cars, and you're like, I'd love to, Sarah. And she's like, great. That's why you're the best. Let's get those cars. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. The 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 problem is that Forza uh, doesn't have a title like Need for Speed. I mean, that alone is just asking for what? What? Where does that need come from? <laughs> it, it, that, it, we, it used to. It's it's it, a title it that requires to. backstory. It's a you bunch of I'm people saying? in a boardroom at EA being like, "Yeah, but why do they need it? What's we got the requirement for speed. <laughs> oh, what is it? What's it's in them? That's, that's there's a need, there's a hunger for speed, <laughs> and it's really sad because. And maybe it's because of the mechanics, they've done all of the things before, but like payback, uh, most wanted, like this has really fun elements with the uh, cat and mouse police chases and, um, you know, night street racing and it does all that stuff. And I don't know why it is like a hard boiled melodrama. Oh, there's also one line where you're like, you're meeting someone like meet me over by the old racetrack. And you're like, there's a race. There's, you have like a an open racetrack in the city and then someone else chimes in and goes yeah but no one uses it it went out of business years ago because why do you need a racetrack when you can just race on the streets and i'm like Cause that's illegal like that <laughs> you it's had a, a racetrack you had quite a, a good reason for that people so, can die yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's horrible bad thinking yep. yeah so the good news is uh, Christian just gave us 20 minutes on the story of Need for Speed. <laughs> I everyone is tuning in to find out, wow, they're bated breath. Oh, yeah. oh, the new DLC podcast is out. I sure hope that they talk about the story of Need for Speed. Jeff, may I call you Jeffrey? I cannot stop thinking about it. It is the reason <laughs> why I finished this game. The driving is great. It is it, uh, oh, above useful. serviceable, uh, more arcadey than 
Forza Horizon. I think Forza Horizon is still my married to driving game. I love that game. I'm going to get all those cars for Sarah. Or Christian Spicer, three sentences on the mechanics of driving game. An hour but and a that, half diatribe on story I, context. For if, if I don't finish Need for Speed Heat, I'm certainly watching all of the story cutscenes. I cannot stop thinking. I think I told you that after I first started. I think I texted you or told you. I, I cannot stop thinking yeah. about the plot of this game. Yeah. You have a need for Need for Speed. Is yeah. What you have. <laughs> That's what's up. And I'm going to kill you because I'm a cop. It's so weird. It's so weird. Well, we also got a user submitted uh, review, which you can do by sending a, a, us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. If there's a game that we haven't talked about or we talked about in a way that you didn't find satisfying, or you just want to chime in and talk about the games you've been playing, what's on your playlist, we welcome that. You can send it to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This one comes from Matt Taboda Hammerstrom. Matt says, I know that you, Jeff, are a lapsed Magic the Gathering player and thought you might be interested in this. As a lapsed Magic the Gathering player myself, I was active during the first handful of expansions in the mid-90s, but with work and moving to the other end of the country, I have not played tabletop Magic much since then. After a few poor attempts in the early aughts to digitize the game, I was happy to see they finally succeeded with Magic the Gathering Duel of the Planeswalkers in 2009. That game, as well as the follow-ups, were functional, if limited in scope. The deck building was at a minimum, and there was a limited set of cards available, and the focus was mostly on the single-player campaigns. With Magic the Gathering Arena, which has been in beta for quite some time, but was officially released a couple of months ago, we finally got a really competent and comprehensive mtg installment the game is free to play but is very generous with giving you plenty of cards gold and wild cards the currency of the game to spend on expanding your collection through the tutorial section you'll unlock 15 decks to get you warmed up you can then create any new decks you want from those cards as well as from boosters you buy or simply unlock through daily challenges i paid only 20 dollars and have unlocked hundreds of cards and created nearly 50 different decks Currently, the game includes the latest four expansions, as well as the 2020 core set for standard play, but also includes core set 2019 and the prior three expansions for historic matches. Most of the game involves playing events and ranked or pickup games against other players, though there is a bot to try out new decks against, but the AI is very simple and it makes a lot of dumb moves. I've never been a multiplayer type gamer. I tend to prefer single player experiences and I've never been interested in climbing the online ranks. But Magic the Gathering Arena has changed all that. I'm completely hooked and haven't played anything else for months. This game has provided well over 100 hours of entertainment for me at this point, And with it being free to play, there is little to lose in giving it a shot. The only problem is that the backlog that just keeps growing. And he says, cue that jingle. Yeah, it was the Too Many Games edition, Matt. Thank you for sending in your review of Magic the Gathering Arena, a, a game that I have been tempted and yet terrified. I to... have played a lot of it. And yeah? I love it. Yeah, I really like it. I actually, I think I was the first person to play it outside of the dev team. I went and previewed it. Is that it. so? Yeah, I think wow. so. Um, and it is fantastic. I played a lot of the Magic games. I used to play Magic, but stopped a long time ago because, wow, is it an expensive hobby that takes up a lot of space. Uh, Arena is fantastic. The thing that <laughs> gets me about it is that it's very small to download and very easy to pick up. So I just play it like if I have downtime in the office, <laughs> which, you know, a lot of people probably can't do, uh, but it's just, it's just super easy to pick up and play. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like if I installed it, it would be bad news for me. It's but addictive for sure. Yeah. Ugh, I love Magic the Gathering. 
All right. Um, you know, I this week, speaking of too many games, uh, this week is also the, the release of Stormland, a VR game I've been highly anticipating. I will save my thoughts about that for next week because I haven't played tons of it yet. I'm tempted to wait until it is fully supported and revive because I want to play it on my valve index instead of my Oculus Rift. But I have been playing it on my Oculus Rift a little bit, but man, I wanted in the, I think I should wait. I mean, I've, I, I love it and I've been playing it, but I'm wondering, I, wanna, <laughs> I, should... I feel like I should stop and wait because the revive doesn't support it. And they, there's no update as to when revive will support it, but I um... hope it does at some point and then it will be so much prettier. But anyway, Anyway, I'll talk about that game more next week. Um, so we're going to wrap the show up now. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Alana Pierce, thank you so much for being here. It was so fun. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. Absolutely. Tell the folks where they can keep up with you and all the things you do online. Uh, I'm on all of the social media at Charalanazad, as said earlier. It is my name in the middle of Charizard. Or you can just search Alana Pierce. That works too. Uh, but otherwise, I am a writer and producer at Inside Gaming and Funhouse. And we are currently working hard, getting a lot of either funny or informative content up for the holidays. So um, check that out. The team is is killing it right now. Very, very cool. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Uh, for LA shows, I will not be out of town anywhere, but uh, LA shows, the best way to find out is Twitter at Spicer. Um, last week I ended up doing a show in the main room at the comedy store with Sam Tripoli and Burt Kaiser and, uh, Theo Vaughn, a bunch of fun, uh, Taylor Tomlinson, a bunch of fun people. It's an incredible show. Nice. Um, so Twitter's the best way I, LA shows are usually booked week of. That's how LA works, baby. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's probably good. I, I stream this show usually Sunday, 7 15 PM Pacific on my Twitch twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer that I'm soon converting over to a need for speed plot channel only. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Amazing. Uh, a shout out to uh, uh, AG McLeod in the chat for need for speed is the only is the one series I only watch on Twitch so I can keep up with the series story. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you don't want to fall behind because the lore gets so complex at a certain point. I, it's like, Game I of think Thrones. it's, I, I think this one might be really good. I'm like, it, I have a feeling it's going to pay off in the end. I'm very excited. Uh, but I think that's it for me, Jeff. What about you? Well, you can always follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And if you want to hear me talk about movies and TV shows, boy, do I have a show for you. It's called the slash film cast. We do that every week. Uh, this week we are talking about, what are we talking about? What movie did I see this week? Ford versus Ferrari. Um, Ford versus Ferrari. Talking about racing, racing games with plot. Oh, yeah. have we got a movie for you? It's <laughs> not very good. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, um, but a fun show. You can find it at um, slashfilmcast.com or wherever you get podcasts. I also do a live play Dungeons and Dragons show that I love with my whole heart. I'm very proud of. This week was so fun. Such a great one. Uh, ended with a really awesome cliffhanger. Some really amazing heartfelt moments. There was there's like a love story brewing between two of the player characters. It's incredible. One player wrote, said a poem to another character. The other one sang a song back. It was amazing. And that's just the kind of thing that happens every week on The Dungeon Run, which is the show. I will never watch it unless you stand up and ride a horse. Stand up on my chair. We're not riding a horse, I mean, like, Christian. Oh, no, no. I was riding in a chirai, which is a smoke-spewing, 15-foot-tall, four-legged, flightless bird. 
Well, now you know why I haven't watched. I said horse. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a funny picture of me uh, standing on my chair and screaming. Anyway, if you want to watch that or listen to it, you can listen to it. It kind of works like an audio book too. Uh, you can find it anywhere you get podcasts by searching for The Dungeon Run. You can find it on YouTube by searching for The Dungeon Run. Or you can watch it in real time as we record and have lots of audience interaction on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific time at caffeine.tv slash the dungeon run. Also, if you want to email this show for any reason, we love hearing from you. You can do that to DLC feedback at gmail.com. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Alana, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Listen, I think Mandalorian's really good. I don't really feel like I need to sell you on Mandalorian um, because it's one of the biggest properties of all time, but I think it's fantastic. Um, also trying to get into Watchmen. Um, otherwise, I have been reading through the Wheel of Time book series for the last like four years. They're currently working on a TV show. So if you like uh, epic fantasies that will take a lot of your time up, I feel like now is a great time to get into the series. Yes, Mandalorian. You, you're right. One of the biggest properties. And I think it's a, what is it, a Pokemon show? Is that yeah. Pokemon? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Christian Spicer, what is your parting gift? I don't think I mentioned this last week. Um, Tris Leches, also known as The Best Cake. Um, you think Tris Leches is The Best Cake? Yeah. Okay. All right. Just want you to I mean, maybe like there's like a molten chocolate cake at like a fancy restaurant oh, that I now have. Like, now you're dissembling. Now you're. Uh, no, I'll say maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's dissembling. But I haven't tried all the cakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tres Leches is delicious. It's pretty easy to make at home. Uh, my wife made me a very large, an embarrassingly large Tres Leches cake for my birthday. Um, and I'm so close to done with it, which is the embarrassing part. Um, but it's delicious. It gets better after you let it sit for a day. Um, try it, make it. Maybe that could be the thing you'd bring to Thanksgiving as a Tres Leches cake. It's so incredible. I forgot to wish you a happy birthday. I'm so sorry. It was this week, and we should have started the show by wishing you a happy birthday. I'm sorry, Christian. I mean, last week, but that's... No, okay. last week was not your birthday yet. It's Sunday. It's a technicality. <laughs> Don't so, worry. As long as I, I, I'm the a-hole. Thank you, <laughs> Alana. Thank you very much. I really appreciate yeah, that. I got you. <laughs> happy birthday, man. <laughs> you did. You did, and, and it was in person, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. It doesn't feel very good right now, though. Does it feel, would it feel better with a piece of Tres Leches? Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, we got a listener-suggested parting gift. This was sent to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This comes from Ben Miller. Ben says, I have a parting gift for the pop punk fans out there. Mm, birthday present for Christian, perhaps? Uh, uh, spoiler, listen to the album. It is good. I'd like to recommend the latest album from the band Waterparks, titled Fandom. Just a preface, if you aren't fans of the mainstream pop punk genre, think Blink-182, Fall Out Boy, Green Day, even Owl City, then you may not like these guys. But if you like those bands I mentioned and wonder what it would sound like if they all blended their sounds into one band, then here you have water parks and fandom. With that caveat, it should be pretty clear that this sound that the this sound is fairly experimental. There's the cinematic opener, Cherry Red, which I really, really love, even though it's so short. The feel-good pop 
Dream Boy, the trippy Owl City sound of Turbulent, and of course, a token soppy ballad, Never Bloom Again. I think Christian would love this album a lot, and hopefully a lot of the listeners will give it a listen too. Thank you, Ben. Uh, Christian, you said you listened and loved, so Ben was right. It's it's good, and it's different than their other stuff too, which is more traditional pop punk. Um, it it They definitely take some risks pop punk risks as as described in the email that some of the songs have fun different sounds pulling from different genres it's uh it's fun give it a listen so my parting gift is also going to be music related i got into my car uh the other day and my to wife play cuphead <laughs> yeah to play <laughs> cuphead as, as one does and my wife had driven it previously to me and had set the uh the spotify playlist or i don't even i don't think it's spotify whatever pandora whatever we're we're using i don't even know uh playlist to 70s radio and i'll I'll just sort of let it go for a little while and most of the time when you hear like a 70s station or a 70s not station but 70s you know uh playlist it'll be like the same six to 12 songs that everybody would know when you, when you think of seventies, you know, stand alive and yada, yada, yada. This was like deep cuts, deep seventies cuts, stuff that I hadn't even ever heard before, like deep funk and such good stuff. And I was like, Oh man, I've been listening to it all week. And I forgot that there's actually some really good music in the seventies <laughs> and seventies get some bad rap, you know, disco and all that. There's some great music in the seventies and it's like these deep cuts from some artists I've never even heard of before. So just saying, if you have an opportunity wait, to try, wait, 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 this is the vaguest. You don't know if it was on Spotify or Pandora. Yeah, You don't know matter. the names of the artists. It doesn't matter. Seventies <laughs> music. Check try it out. 70s, but not the stuff, you know, try not the seventies. Uh, uh, one of those seventies uh, radio things. <laughs> Great. Great okay. I'll try, try it. it. Give it a shot. You may like it. Okay. <laughs> what is the deal with seventies radio? I can say seventies radio had some uh, had some good songs. I mean, I, I I love a lot of music from the seventies, but this was like stuff that I never heard before. This is like deep deep cuts, man. There would even be there would even be artists that I have heard of, but a music or uh, tracks that I didn't know. It was great. Like, Oh, like weird, uh, Stevie wonder stuff that I hadn't heard before. And I, you know, I, I love Stevie wonder, but I'm basically the greatest hit Stevie wonder guy. You know, I'm not like deep album cuts. Anyway, maybe it's more, an expo- maybe it exposes my lack of knowledge in this area than it does, uh, anything else. But if you're like me and you're mostly dumb, try it. All right. What a way to end. Great. That's how we're going to do it. Check uh, them out. That's, them that's 70s. It the, the 70s. The 70s. It happened. Check it out. <laughs> uh, that's it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Alana Pierce and Christian Spice for hanging out with me. Thanks to the folks in our chat room for hanging out with us in real time and making the show better. We appreciate you. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those cool bumpers. And Thank you to each and every one of you who download the show. We appreciate you. We really, really do. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.